Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio, back with you again, again, and again, here live from Lucian Live 2022 from the Colorado Convention Center. On my right here, I have my co-founder, partner, Elvin Freitas. Say hi, Elvin. Hi, Elvin. Hi, Elvin. Uh, he rarely, rarely comes on the mic. Always behind the scenes, but never often seen. He's being seen here at Lucian Live. Lots going on, people filtering everywhere. And we're trying to find the best guest that we can. And we have found someone. He's here. Um, he is going to give us incredible insight like you've never heard before. Of course, no pressure on wow. him now. Um, let me bring him in properly here. Here oh, he is, ladies nice. and gentlemen, Phil Miller. He is managing director of Open LMS. Phil, what's happening? Uh, well, what's happening is you've set the bar incredibly high, and I'm pretty worried that I'm going to disappoint all your listeners. So I'm going to no, have to work no, really no. hard to work really hard to overcome that. False. You're going to be great. We we already know you're going to be great. When since you came up, we've been recording this whole time. We're going to turn it into an episode. Okay, very very good. <laughs> Even all the swear words that we were exchanging. No, no we there were, were not. there were no swear words. We were no no no. Stop! Uh, anyway, Phil, we, we first of all, let's level set. Tell the audience about OpenLMS. What do you guys do? How do you do it? Yeah, so uh, OpenLMS is the world's largest provider of open source uh, learning management system products, uh, primarily focused around Moodle. The, uh, the Moodle community is the most important LMS community in the world. Um, but often it doesn't act like it because it's so distributed and so fragmented. Right. Through the years, we have both through acquisition and organic growth, we've built um, a client base of about 1,700 hosted Moodle clients. That Amazing. <laughs> wow. I, I love your sound effects. <laughs> yeah, try. The, uh, that range from some of the largest universities in the world, like the University of New South Wales in Australia, the University of Barcelona, Louisiana State University, uh, community colleges like the North Carolina Community College System, but also a lot of corporations, nonprofits, associations that are use our system to train their employees or their members. So uh, we're, we're excited. Uh, we're, we've, we're relatively new. We used to be a part of Blackboard, mm -hmm. uh, but we separated from Blackboard. Uh, side, side note here, we announced the separation from Blackboard or the acquisition of OpenLMS from Blackboard on March 1st, 2020. Okay. And the deal closed on April 1st, 2020. So you might remember that in the middle. What there, happened during that time? I don't yeah, remember like anything. The world, the world yikes, yikes. changed. Yeah, it was, uh, it was. So we were forming a new company in the middle of a pandemic. And, um, and you when, didn't even know it. And we didn't even know it. And the, uh, of course, the ed tech world blew up uh, at that time in, in, in some very complicated ways, but also in a way that, you know, I think ed tech really stood up and made a huge difference in the pandemic. And I'm incredibly... Huge incredibly proud of our team as well as companies like Alusia and all the other companies that that really stepped up and helped universities community colleges and corporations deal with that so that's who we are um, that's who we want to be we think open source technologies like Moodle are the right value proposition for the vast majority of universities and community colleges around the world for a variety of reasons that you know this is not a sales pitch i don't we don't want to yeah, go no, there now it's but a, I, it's 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 an it's important, important part of the ecosystem work. yeah and you guys do open lms edu you have open lms for work yep. um professional development in general and upskilling reskilling it's like a huge deal right it's a huge deal it's the question of a you know it's funny because that dichotomy of work and edu is the degree no degree is it worth it? Is but, it not but, worth it? And you're kind of like are, in the middle those of Those worlds are blending so much though, right? Exactly. I mean, the, the talk about competency-based education, people that are you know, launching new certificate programs, uh, universities that are selling their training directly to corporations using yep. their brand name. I mean, so while we, we do officially have two brands, OpenLMS EDU, OpenLMS Work, 
we're, we're actually seeing a lot of blending and a lot of overlap there where a lot of our university clients are turning on features that we thought would only be used for corporations. And a lot of corporations are turning on features that we thought would only be used for education. So now that's called a, that's called repurposing a content when you're the business. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and, and actually we've got a, we've got an interesting thing. We, um, first of all, I'm, I'm so excited about being here at Elucian live partially because it's just so great to see people, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I had coffee with somebody this morning. And do, do you remember having coffee with somebody like, no, it was, but what are you gonna be having tonight? with uh, somebody? I, I don't know, we're supposed to have we have a dinner, you know, some of us that are here. Dinner, so it'll be, yeah, it'll be so, fun. so like, it, this is real stuff. But we are, um, we're last year, we hosted our first ever open LMS users conference. Of course, we did it virtually. Mm -hmm. This year, our intent uh, assuming that the it's world doesn't go crazy, gonna we're going to go face to face in October. And one of the things that we're really, you know, contemplating right now is, you know, how do we create a conference that's about learning where we can bring universities, community colleges, and some of the biggest corporations in the world that also use us yep. and have meaningful conversations about learning that cross from higher education, K-12, corporate learning, associations, you know, professional development those are those are important questions and we got to do we got to do a great job of that you're, you're a bridge you're, you're a bridge you're the conversational bridge right i hope so i mean i think that's an interesting conversation but i but i i think it is going to be i mean I, I think it's a great challenge for us to take on and, and see how we can create real value for people so okay so let's just assume somebody's hit, sitting at home right now listening to the Yelp experience because what else could you possibly want to do with your time just for the record and somebody goes what open source technology what is he talking about like what does that even mean yeah so open source means that although it's software the code itself is freely available to download and use and run and run yourself the reason that that's so important for our clients and especially for universities is that it really allows them to control their own destiny mm. you completely avoid vendor lock-in um, you you can you get more value for your money when a lot of people when they're evaluating software purchases think about you know the total cost of ownership one of the things that people often neglect to think about is the total cost of exit mm -hmm. so what happens in five years when you want to change platforms suddenly you've got a big a big cost to move in an open source platform one of the reasons that we provide such great service to our clients is that we know that our clients could take the code, download it, and run it themselves. So if we don't do a great job of supporting them, they're not gonna be our clients for very long and we're not gonna be in business for very long. And so that's what we do. And, and so when, when you think about that as a university and you say, I want to control my destiny, I don't wanna be locked into a vendor's, uh, to any specific vendor, I wanna be able to control my future, that means they're gonna get a better total cost of ownership with open source software, generally speaking, uh, than they would with a proprietary software platform. So how does that look? Okay, you've got a proprietary software platform. Besides, the, let's say, say a university says, we're going to change. We're going to go to an open LMS. How does that engagement look? They just come to you and say, hey, look, we're thinking about switching. You provide a level of technology service and customer service. What's the length? What's the, Talk to me through that whole process. I know it's individual probably yeah. for every business, but how does that engagement work? So there's, a, there's a couple of different flavors that that takes, right? So first of all, there's Remember that, again, I said before, Moodle is the most important LMS in the world, although we don't talk about it very much. 65% yeah. of all universities in the world use Moodle today. Now, really? In, in, did you know that? No, I did not. I did know not I, Elvin, did you know that? No, I did not. I didn't know that either. Now, in North America, that number is more like 25%. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Black, Blackboard and Canvas have, have you know, been very important in this market. But in, in many countries, 
you know, take a Spain or a France, every university uses Moodle. So you've got many clients that are using a Moodle today, but they've been self-hosting, you know, they've got some servers in the basement under some guy's desk. And guess what? A pandemic comes along and your traffic quadruples and suddenly the guy is can't buy servers fast enough, doesn't know how to support teachers that haven't used it before. And so these clients come to us and say, just take my Moodle, put it in the cloud, guarantee my uptime, give me an SLA, answer my tickets, you know, upgrade me to the latest version. Don't let any open source security issues happen. And we do all of that for them. And then there are the clients that are using a Blackboard or a Canvas that say, hey, we want to switch to a truly open source technology. We want to control our destiny. And there we we migrate them. And, and, and it's not complicated. We take all of their courses. We import them. We connect them to Banner with our plugin to Banner so yep. that their enrollments come in. It's, you know, LMSs are, you know, many of them have the same functionality. It's not, it's important. Uh, and, and our technology does a lot of great stuff, but there, it's really not a, a huge process to migrate. I mean, the, the hardest part is not the technological part. It's the instructors that have their courses that need to get retrained, uh, you know, that, that, you know, I've been uploading you mean higher my, ed inertia as we've liked to call it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've been uploading my PowerPoints to Blackboard for the last 20 years yep. and now how do I do that in open LMS? Right. And so we provide training courses and, you know, even for uh, before the pandemic and hopefully soon, you know, we'll, we'll send trainers to your campus and, you know, host training sessions that people can come and, um, and then we'll help them get their courses set up. So we try to make it as seamless as possible. It is not any transition of technology, any transition at all causes some level of disruption. We try to make it as seamless as possible. And we've done it for thousands of clients, right? I mean, what's the harder part, the transition of the technology or the transition of hearts and minds? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, technology is easy. Computers only do what you tell them to do. People never do what you tell. I have, I have four, mm -hmm. I have four kids, um, uh, six-year-old triplets and an eight-year-old. Six-year-old triplets? Yeah, six-year-old triplets and an eight-year-old. So uh, hold I, on tight. This is going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> That's actually an amazingly good sound effect for my life. Well, me too. That's yeah. why I have it. Yeah. So, uh, so organizational issues are always, uh, let me give you an example of that. I was talking to one of our clients just a couple of months after the lockdown started. And, you know, this is a client that's been using Moodle for 10 plus years. And she, she said to me, she's like, listen, Phil, I, I just have to tell my, you my experiences from the last few weeks. She's like, we, we've been using Moodle for 10 years. Every Thursday at noon for the last five, 10 years, we've offered Moodle training, how to teach online in Moodle. We've never had more than eight people show up for that course. Mm. Last week, the second week of the pandemic, you know, April 2020, mm -hmm. we had 74 people show up for this session, right? That's level up. That is the level up. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. actually have one that says level up. Yeah, check so, it out. so all level the, up. All of a sudden, the the world changed, and people needed. And so it's it's not the technological change. It is it is the adoption. Uh, it is the engagement. Um, those are the things that really matter and make a difference for for institutions. I mean, the uh, one of my my colleagues, a guy named Brad Cook, who is my vice president of higher ed, uh, he says to me all the time. He's like, listen if I want to be a great tennis player, it's not going to happen because I buy a new tennis racket, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's no, I could buy the a thousand dollar tennis racket and it's not going to help my game at all. And so it's not buying a new tennis racket. It's really about getting your people to adopt it. Now, part of our value proposition is because we're open source, because we provide more value to money. What if you could get an LMS cheaper and then repurpose some of that money to hire another instructional designer or to hire another trainer? Like, 
that's a real conversation that hopefully CIOs or directors of academic technology are having is how do we get more help for my instructors to be successful? But Phil, but Phil, um, you know, if I have a proprietary LMS, I can get the data that I need. I can get all the student insights. I'm so used to getting this information. If I move to open source, am I going to be able to get all the data that I need? more than that you you own that data you know the schema for that data the schema for that data is public you know there's open apis you can write your own you know you can write plugins Me? no yeah. i can't i can't write my own but somebody, most people can. somebody can yeah, write right. Alvin, can. Alvin can you write no he uh, can't. write a moodle plugin that helps like no i mean it's it's actually the opposite of that i mean open source by definition you control your data in a way that is not possible in a proprietary solution it's it's, it's the reason that most of the biggest technologies in the world are, are in some way based on open source, right? Yeah. And, and so um, things like PHP and um, uh, WordPress, these are all open source technologies, and like Moodle, right? I mean, an open source technology yeah. that controls 65% of the world's higher education institutions. When people hear open source, because that happens all the time, and you have hear somebody talk about open source, and they go, I don't want something that's open. We're, we need to protect student data. We need a closed system where, you know, because it's the, the technology terms and then the layman's terms that are different. But yeah. people hear something like open source, and they think that it's going to their social security numbers of their students are going to be stolen in two seconds. Cybersecurity is a real issue in any LMS and any any uh, house of student data. Is that an issue you guys are talking about all the time at open source? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, of course. I mean, so, but but again, I'll, I'll just state it for the record here. Open source tends to actually be more secure than proprietary because you have more people looking at it, more people testing vulnerabilities. When they find an issue, it tends to be reported and fixed faster. Yeah. So it tends to be better. I mean, for us at OpenLMS, again, this is a big part of our value proposition. We're currently pursuing our ISO 27001 certification and we'll be the first Moodle provider to, to do that because we care deeply about that. And that's part of the value add is how can we make sure that clients feel confident that their data is protected that, but, but again, go, you, you can go look at tracker.moodle.org where the open source community, you can look at security issues that have been reported, how they get resolved. There are thousands and thousands of people working on this all the time, as opposed to a proprietary system where you submit a ticket, say, Hey, I think there's a security bug. And then it's a black box. What mm -hmm. happens after that? Like everything that happens in an open source community is by definition open, open right? So um, so I, I think it's just, a, it is a paradigm shift though. And I do, I think you're right. There's a, there's a terminology problem. Open source is really about the code, right? It's not about the data or about your particular implementation of that platform, of that, that code. It's happened to me before. And I'm like, hey, and we're going to think about this open source system. But, and, and somebody goes, you're going to have to go to legal and talk about that because we're not, we're, we're not trying to do something you know, that's open. I go, no, no, no. I don't think you understand what we're talking about yeah. here. So there's a term out, but high reds always does that, right? We I, but, always but do I, that. But the thing that is really, that's frustrating about that is, higher education, it, it's, it's legacy is open. I mean, open research, you know, sharing open your access. findings, open access, building, building on the shoulders of people that have done research before you. And so I do actually believe there is a philosophical alignment between the vision, the vision and mission of higher education and open source software. And I think that often gets neglected or overlooked because people don't understand that's the whole idea. I mean, we, we have, uh, many of our university clients actually help us write code and help us write plugins to make nice. Moodle better, which is which is great. We love that, right? The more the merrier. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the idea. So you're here, you're here to Lucian Live. How's yeah. it going for you so far? 
What are your takeaways? How do you like the conference? Give us your once over. Well, I mean, other than the fact that it is just amazing to be back at a conference again, I mean, it mm -hmm. is uh, the last two years. We This is, I think, for us, maybe our third conference in the last two years. And that all of the, I think we did our first one, and I'm looking over at my marketing person. Uh, we did one in November. We did our first conference in Las Vegas, which was a corporate training exhibition. And that was weird. Because if you remember, we was were, that a correct or incorrect? Okay. Uh, we, 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 that was right in the middle of Omicron. And it was, you know, like the, they were still trying to figure out, you know, do we require vaccinations? You, you wore a wristband that was either red, yellow, or green if you wanted to shake hands yeah. or not shake hands. And yeah. We're also going to need a, a pronunciation check on Omicron, Omicron, Omicron. We're going to go. It's, I think it's Omicron. Um, oh, what is it? Om Om Omicron. I don't know if it's Omicron. Om Omni Omicron. I don't know. Right. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, so this is a recover. I don't know how to recover from that. <laughs> um, so we've now done three conferences. It's starting to feel real again. And I think this conference is the one where, I mean, they've done a great job with the health and safety side of things, yeah. which, which is phenomenal and that's important. But it like shaking people's hands, sitting down and having a coffee, you know, up there. I think they were just serving beignets, you know, like, uh, did I say that one right? I, I'm not sure, but it sounds good. But yeah, yeah. That something fried bread yeah. coated in sugar. What did, we, we don't ever leave this booth. So, you no, know, go we, upstairs. Yeah, There's yeah, beignets yeah. up there. Um, they, it, it feels good to have those conversations. One of the things, and this is not just for higher ed or for conferences, everybody talks about how everybody just wants to work from home all the time now. And, and there is amazing things that happen around the flexibility of that you know my ability to get my laundry done yep while i work you know is there but people forget how much happens in hallway conversations in the ideation of in, in un, unplanned moments in hallways yep. and in, in, and i think you know conferences are a part of that companies that figure out how to do offices right where maybe it's not required but they create meaningful times for people to get together yep and and have those ad hoc moments so I, I i love that part of it we've gotten to speak with a bunch of clients existing clients um prospects people that are using moodle that want to know how we you know how we partner with Lucian, how do we get data over from banner yeah. and so we're able to have those conversations it's uh it's really it's really been it's really been fun and it's also been fun the other the side part i mentioned we started this company in the middle of the pandemic i got to meet four of our employees that I've never met face to face before yeah. right which was really exciting my uh, my vice president of engineering actually lives here in Denver nice and um and I had lunch with him today like we we've, we've been working for us since uh, September October of last year never met him face to face and we had lunch today it was it was lovely uh, machete tacos yeah, uh, we had totally. some uh, fish, uh, some some. Uh, did we have sushi fish tacos yesterday? It's good stuff. You know, yeah, right I've never found a taco that I don't like. I mean, if we wanted to have a separate podcast about tacos, you're going to lead that. We'll be the guests. That, fair <laughs> enough. The, if we could bring tacos to that and try them in real time, I don't know if people would listen, but I would, I would do it. I feel like somebody would listen, and I feel yeah. like we'd have a good time doing it. Yeah. Um, so we'd like to end our episodes, Phil, with the same two questions to every guest. Uh oh. Um, are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? I, I can be ready. I know you're ready. Um, number one, what did we not say about open LMS that you want to say? This is your self plug away. I do enough of that on these episodes. Elvin, Elvin knows I plug my own stuff, but that's because I can, and I'm giving you the mic now you can plug away. And two, what do you see as the future of higher education? Wow. Two completely different questions. So on, on what people should know about open LMS, um, 
I think there's a couple there. There's two things that I'll mention. And I know you said one, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm, take some dramatic liberty here. But first of all, first of all, it is that we're actually a big like a big player in the market. People don't realize because we're fairly new and we separated from Blackboard and they don't realize that we are, a you know, we're a fairly Massive. big company, 1700 clients like we we're hosting more LMS clients than almost any other LMS provider in the world. And I don't think people realize uh, realize that. So that's that's one. And that that includes you know, hundreds of people and, 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 and budgets and, you know, conferences and things that, you know, small companies couldn't do. And so that's one thing. Um, the second thing is um, that really for us, because we're based on open source technology, it's not just about the product. Our secret sauce is amazing service and support and making sure that you're successful in using the platform. I love that. We're not going to, we're not going to preach at you about all the great features that we're going to build for you going to show you. We, we do have roadmap presentations, but half of our roadmap presentation is talking about how we're going to provide better service to you instead of just, hey, don't worry, this cool feature that you wanted is coming next year. Right. Where is higher ed going? Oh. You might know um, the answer better than most. Um, I Listen, I think there's going to be, um, we're seeing just such dramatic change. You're going to continue to continue to see consolidation of higher ed because um, with enrollments changing in the cliff that everybody's talking about, which I think we're at the very front end of now, yep. that, that world is going to change. Um, I think you're going to see um, the, the the real challenge that I don't think people have fully grasped, especially coming out of uh, Corona. It was happening before, but coronavirus accelerated it massively. Is you're no longer going to be just competing with your local university. I grew up in Indiana and I went to Ball State University. Great university. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love the university, but their their audience has always been, you know, if you draw a circle 50 or 60 miles around yep. around Muncie, Indiana, that is where they draw from. Well, now those people in that 50 or 60 rate mile radius can can go anywhere in the world, right? You want to go to Hong Kong University? Great. Like, and so these universities have to figure out what is their niche? What is the secret sauce? What is the, the thing that I can do that is going to draw people in here? Not just because they happen to live in my area. And I don't think that universities have, um, and community colleges sort of have, have fully grasped that they need to, just like other companies, they need to have a value proposition that drives them. And so for the, the customer, the, for the customer, which is the, the, the student, right. And, yep. and that's going to be the thing that I think really drives the ones that are successful are going to figure that out. Yep. I mean, listen, Harvard, Stanford, even Indiana university, like the big, the, those ones are going to be around. They, they have, the, the self-sustaining endowment, yeah, self-sustaining, yeah. whatever those things are, but like all the other ones, they've got to decide what are we going to be, what are we going to be great at that is going to draw people. And then how do I extrapolate that to say the reverse of that is also true. The, the, the kid in Hong Kong that wants to be, you know, telecommunications was, is ball States calling card. Just if, mm -hmm. any, if any of you tele telecom students out there want to come to ball state, I'll do a little bit of plug for my university there, but what would make a student in Hong Kong say, Hey, I could go to Hong Kong University, but but I might want to go to Ball State University yeah. because they've got that is their niche and that's what I want to do. And so I think that's going to be a driver. How do I create the secret sauce for my university that that's going to that's really going to separate me? It doesn't have to be it can't be on everything. It's got to be on a handful of things that you do exceptionally well. I love that. You got to learn what your secret sauce is. I will tell you the Open LMS knows its secret sauce. I know that Phil Miller, managing director of Open LMS has a secret sauce and it's being on a microphone. Phil, great job today. Hey, we appreciate really having appreciate you. It. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Let's do it again sometime. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just 
Get up. <laughs>